Welcome to Canada's podcast, the number one podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. Hi, this is Angela Faye from Canada's podcast. Super excited. Welcome Jane Stoller here from Organize Jane with uh, a background in corporate uh, work. And suddenly, you know, Jane has become the quintessential uh, global distributor for an idea, which is getting organized for small business. So we have lots of value for you today. Uh, I'm happy to introduce you. Tell us a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be on this podcast today, specifically because my entrepreneurial journey did not start as an entrepreneur. I actually failed this business 10 years ago when I decided to start it, as a lot of entrepreneurs do. So I, you know, in Canada, I, that's where I'm from. And I went to traditional route, went to school, university, then worked in corporate, thought I had to be like a VP or CEO to be successful in kind of our society. I always had the passion for organizing. So after I went back to school to get an MBA, I thought I can do this business. That was 10, 12 years ago now. And I started it and I did all the right things, registered the business, you know, had the course, was ready to do this, but I was too scared to market myself. I feel like 10 years ago, we didn't have these podcasts. I didn't have, you know, empowerment groups. I was lacking that, that motivation and, and really corporate, some mentors that I had in corporate said, you only, you should only be an entrepreneur if you fail in corporate. So that was the advice that I got them <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> so I, you know, I went, it, it's, I learned so much still. I went in corporate, worked all over, ended up being consultant on process organizing. So in those 10 years, still organizing concrete plants to, you know, making unprofitable businesses profitable. It was all about organizing, but I wasn't helping individuals I cared about. I was helping shareholders and large corporations. So that, that did not jive with me. So I made the leap three years ago for Organized Jane. Okay. And what does that, and just going back, I I can't help but just bring in, you were doing a little bit of oil and gas, you were doing concrete, right? So it was hardcore manufacturing and resource sector that you were working in. Can you encapsulate the difference in your lifestyle from three years ago to today? Yeah, that's a, a really great question because in construction for almost 10, over 10 years, and it, it, it was a very, um, you know, resource-based industry. But again, I find with anything, you're, you're, you're stripping down the business to make it lean, make it profitable. You're still having the same processes, whether it's in fashion industry or construction. So yes. for me, the only thing was I really, I couldn't feel my personality as much as I wanted. I really love, you know, fa- I still love fashion and working with a lot of women and you know, having fun at work. So that was a little bit where I was missing um, being in that kind of environment. But of course, the business basics were were similar to what I'm doing now and what I'm teaching entrepreneurs. Sweet. And so um, you're now living in Whistler, British Columbia. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Supernatural British Columbia. Uh, mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about your actual physical location evolution too. Oh my gosh. So I had always had a dream of, you know, I wish I could work from wherever, right? And it was wasn't that popular, let's say, ten years ago as it is today. True. <laughs> the idea the of remote work, digital nomads was exactly. not common. And not common. So I just really was a, a trooper for my corporate world. I moved from, you know, Ottawa to Vancouver to Nanaimo to Fort Mac for a bit, then Edmonton, and then overseas to Zurich. And then I was going wow. to move to France again, and I was just tired of moving. And I had this, I was like, I wish, I, I know that I can help people from wherever I wanted to. And I had a dream of living in a ski resort 
and I had friends here. So I'm like, I'm going to do Organized Jane. I'm going to live in Whistler. And it just kind of works. Tell me about your Whistler lifestyle a little bit. It, it certainly has a reputation, but, um, you know, a lot of that reputation comes from the visitor, right? The, the people who fly in and get the high end, you know, ski destination. Tell me what it's like as a resident. As a resident, it's actually so unique because all the people that are, live in Whistler, it's a very expensive place to live. Um, you have to really hustle and there's not a lot of corporate jobs. So everybody here has a business uh-huh. and is really trying to make it work. And I have found the most amazing community here, especially women entrepreneurs. There's actually a big conference tomorrow I'm attending that's called W North that is, and the CEO lives just down the street from me. So there is so many entrepreneurs in the, in this town, more than I had even living in a big city where a lot of people went to nine to five jobs. So I find here we, we work hard, we play hard. You know, a lot of we'll, we'll say, okay, we can ski from who's who wants to ski from nine till 11. And then we go and do our work and we're usually always talking business. So it's, I find this is a really great environment to actually cultivate not just networks, but have that mentality that we, we want to live here and we want to work hard and play hard. Nice. So you obviously have a ski pass. Yes. You can check out for a few hours if you want. Exactly. What about the, what about the summer? And the summer as well. It's it's very busy in the summer, and I actually go back to Ontario, spend a few months there because I find Whistler very. It's, it's like a big city. I find here a lot of tourists are coming in. It's almost busier in the summer, but there is a lot of lakes and nature. And uh, as an entrepreneur, sometimes we can get lonely. So being able to you know go on walks and meet friends and mm-hmm. is, is a blessing. Absolutely. And um, the actual municipality, is it growing? Is it shrinking? Are there opportunities there? What what do you see? There is lots of opportunities and they really support small businesses, especially during the pandemic too. So I'm working with the chamber a lot and it's a nice community that really, it thrives on small businesses. So it was bought by a large corporation, the, the, the Hill itself, but there is like, you walk around town and it's all small businesses. So they are very conducive to helping out and working with them. And I think as a municipality now with the pandemic, we have seen an influx of people wanting to live here. <laughs> I bet. A lot, of, a lot of Vancouverites and even north, more north to Whistler and south in Squamish, those areas have really become hot pockets for people wanting to have more space and get out of the cities. Well, and I think that's a bit of a trend that I'm hearing both in real estate mm. and even just talking to people in the, in the Canada's podcast network who are yeah suddenly they can live anywhere. Just like you saying, I, my dream is to live on a ski resort. Why wouldn't I, why wouldn't I do that? Why wouldn't I move out of the major urban center? Is that even with your client base and your network? Is that what you're seeing? You know, I, a lot of my clients, um, they have, some of them are coaches already. Some of them have brick and mortar businesses. So, but a lot of people are, are really kind of not jealous, but like, oh, I wish I could live in nature, right? Or, oh, I need to get yes. out of the city. So I think it's a trend overall right now. Absolutely. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for your highlights on Whistler too. Is there anything in particular, if you could, if you could wave a magic wand and recruit two or three new companies to Whistler, what's, what's the gap? What's missing? Oh, that's a great question. So there is great internet here because of the Olympics. Okay. So for tech companies, I think this would be a phenomenal place especially like the Googles who promote, you know, you can live there and work a lot, but there is a little bit of balance, right? So I think big tech companies could, there's a lot of the CEOs or whatnot have big houses here, but there's not the offices for it. So a little bit more industry on the tech side would be phenomenal. 
Okay, yeah. so we know what can we have a snippet of what's the future of Whistler? Tell me uh, what I'm totally curious about, Jane, is you know, I talked briefly pre-interview about saying, you know, we're not you're not a product, you don't have a commodity, you have an idea, which is mm. you have a skill set coming from corporate, which was getting people organized. And even historically, you started a, a course or you were thinking about starting a course, and now finally you just jumped all in. You committed all in yeah. to organize Jane. How do you get an idea to commercialization? What has been your process? That is a phenomenal question. And I think as entrepreneurs, we have the ideas, but we need help on the execution, right? And everybody does. So I hired business coaches. I still have a business coach and I hired for what I wanted to exactly do. So when I started, I had to hire personal branding because I had no brand and I was scared to market myself in the beginning. I didn't want to make that same mistake. So I said, I need a brand so people know who I am to then if they search me, they'll know what I do. So that was my first step, getting that personal branding, um, what I do, my messaging clear, and then hiring a coach for helping to create the course. So I looked at somebody who had did exactly what I wanted to do. <laughs> And I said, okay, I need to take your course so you can teach me X, Y, and Z on how I can get my skill set to the masses, right? Because I have the skill. I know it works. I've been doing it one-on-one. I've been doing it in corporate. So how do I now package this and get the message out so I can help more people? And what's the message? The message is really that, especially as business owners, I want to just help you with six steps to organize the back end of your business because without that, you will never be able to scale unless you burn out. <laughs> So right. it's really uh, entrepreneurs, we have these ideas, we're good at big picture, we're really good at our skills and our zone of genius, but often we forget about the importance of our back end of our organizing our business and life. Absolutely. And back end, I, I know it's a process, but when you're talking back end, you're talking what kind of systems? I'm talking everything. I have a six step process, but I look at everything from your time management being the most important mm -hmm. part because our time as an entrepreneur is so vital. And often we're spending it in the wrong places. 80% of our time should be on revenue generating activities. The first exercise I do with my clients, it's usually the opposite. <laughs> we're spending time on stuff we shouldn't be doing or eliminating or outsourcing it or automating. Time is the number one thing I go through first and foremost. And in your experience so far, you, um, like your clients say, you're spending too much time doing this, and which isn't a revenue generating exercise. Mm -hmm. What are they doing that needs to get dropped to shift? It's it's a that's a like there's so many different answers. There's a lot of them. A lot of them is the men work that they are just doing repetitively that they don't need to be doing. Maybe on social media, but they're not the platform where their audience is at, or maybe they're spending right. too much time on posting versus engaging, things like that. Other time it's a lot of time, you know, writing blog posts or writing things that are super important, but how can we move that to, let's say, be more automated or even on the tech side. And to be honest, most entrepreneurs are slaves to their emails <laughs> and they are reactive. So 80% of their time, they're yes. reacting to emails coming in versus when I ask them what their big impact is, mm -hmm. it is not related to the emails that they're actually going through. So they're not focusing on creating the products or services that their clients actually need. You mentioned the word, you know, posting or, or one way versus engaging. How do you describe engagement as opposed to maybe one way communication? Yeah, this is a really hard one that I've had to take lots of courses on and, and really change my own mindset because we're used to 
saying, okay, I have this one post, I'm going to put it out and everybody will come to me, right? Or I really want to show this off and it's a great message, but really you need to have first built the community and engage and shall, and you want to give your audience what they're looking for, right? So just a cute post of you in your whatever you're doing, it's probably not going to get anyone to say, okay, I'm going to work with you, right? It's really, I want to be targeted the messaging to the person listening. I want to add value and I want to show up so that they can actually learn something and say, I want to learn more, right? Or this actually helps me. So just changing that mindset of um, how important the engagement is to actually just the picture perfect post. So one thing, and I'm going to pick up on the decluttering sort of poster in your, in your background there. I can't describe to you how inundated I feel right now with social media feeds and ads and emails that are about coaches right? Saying, I can help you. I can help you. I'm assuming they mean start your idea business, right? Or start becoming a better or more focused freelancer or contractor, particularly this year, I think, right? So where is that coming from? And how do you navigate that clutter of knowing what's relevant or even deciding, like, how did you decide on a business coach, for instance, or, you know, when somebody's navigating what to do next, how on earth do you, do you get through oh, the clutter? There is so much clutter. <laughs> and in that, book, in, the, in the book that you see up there, the, the third part is all about your digital clutter and everything from email management to social media detox profiles to detoxing as well. So I look at it the same way as if I would buy a car or something as a business coach. You want to look at what you want, look at where you want to get to. So, you know, if it's something practical or, you know, I've had so many different coaches for different times in my business, but look at what the outcome you want and then do a bit of research, put a time cube on, like only research for 30 minutes and then that's it. And then pick someone and go for it. So I say we're just, we have so much of it. We have to set time limits nowadays. We can't, even when we're shopping online, we have to be intentional. We have to say, this is what I want. And it's funny, the universe usually gives you what you want. It does. (laughs) When you're looking for the right coach, it kind of just comes to you and you're like, okay. And then you, you know, do a bit of research, talk to one or two people who've maybe taken that and then go for it. Right. We can't, we don't want this analysis paralysis because we don't have enough time and we're already too cluttered. And where is the point that Jane herself enters people's lives? Where's the best Great question. onboard process? Like the point? Yeah. So for me, I work with uh, business owners who already have a successful product or business. So okay. I'm not going to help you start a business from scratch. I'm not going to help you get your messaging right. I'm not that person. I'm not a marketing guru. I'm really just the person that once you have scaled to the point where you know you need to hire people, you know, you're overwhelmed, you're burnt out, but you still want to grow your business. That's then it's time to come to me. And so the process is working with the individual as opposed to, let's say you're not an HR recruitment firm or anything. Yes. No, I work with the individual. Yeah. Okay. Can you describe a couple of, can you give me a best case scenario? Somebody that you've loved working with. And I mean, I understand client privilege. You probably can't talk about the person or if you can go for it. But what was the experience like for you and for them? I've had so many amazing, uh, amazing clients, and I love sharing their success stories. And one of them is actually um, just south of Nanaimo. She was on the island and, you know, she had, I think, read my book and then joined a webinar. And she had a lot. She had a consulting business plus essential oils business 
plus like she had three kids and just a lot going on and when yes. I, and a very successful business and especially the pandemic then um hand sanitizer became popular and it was really just exploding she was going to be putting on amazon a lot of her sales were so just at a distribution she was also packaging them a lot of different moving parts so for her the big thing was she was so overwhelmed she came to me she's like i just i thought we were just going to make things into pretty files but it really helped me organize my time first of all see that I don't have to be perfect and outsource a few key things in both her personal and professional life. And she actually was able to take a vacation. So an an entrepreneur can take a vacation and their business can still be running happily. (laughs) That is to me the big, the biggest success story. And we're still quite good friends. And I love seeing kind of that. And my course is also lifetime access. So every Tuesday when I show up, if they'd like to jump on, if they have questions or whatever it may be, we're all kind of here to continue supporting. Now, there's two things I want to ask about, and I'm going to put them both on the table because they're kind of a yin-yang scenario, but you talked about developing a community, and yet you have a global online platform, right? So anybody in yeah. the world technically can access you and your your program, your skill set, because you're all completely digital. And community, you know, historically has been a geographical community, but so how... What does community mean to you and how do you nurture it? Oh, and community has definitely changed, (laughs) but my community is really on my, I have an online and an offline community. And for me, my online community is really my heart and soul. Like I am so thankful for every, all my people that engage, that follow, that um, reach out to me. And I also am so thankful for all the inspiration that I have for the people that I can follow and reach out to. And all the business coaches I found have been online and through those communities. So I find just today we have no excuse not to build and find people around us who can support us in whatever aspect we need. And that, you know, my first business coach was in Dubai and she was German. And yeah, so that was three years ago, personal branding. She helped me get over the fear and start, you know, marketing myself. So that, you know, there was no borders then for me. And it was like, I like her style. There is Zoom, just like we're doing and podcasting. So I find that community, I think, is even bigger online today than it ever was. And during the pandemic, I was so grateful for that community. I never feel alone, even though I work alone. (laughs) I do have a small team, but I'm, I'm always connected. And social media for me is so powerful. It's used in the right way to build those relationships, the communities, Last year, I had a women in business brunch to launch the book that you see in that, this corner. And it was all people that I had met on my online community. And we did come together face to face. So powerful. Interesting. So let's just talk a little bit about the, you know, we're, we're all sitting behind screens um, at this stage of our humanity. Why is Organized Jane such an essential process to go through now? Yeah, now more than ever, I say because we are at home and our home space is usually our office space now. Ah. When clutter is lingering, we know this from we know this in our mind, in our office space, in our closets. Everywhere that clutter is lingering, it's causing you a little bit of mental space to think about it. So you're taking up time, wasting thinking about the clutter or moving the clutter or looking for things. So for me, I always say like a laser focused, you know, even closet can lead you on your way to a structured system-driven office space. It's all related. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So one, um, we talked about engagement. Now we had an idea that we'd like to share, right? Which is yes. 
we know that there's lots of people out there who are either pivoting, right? Their their business is transitioning. Maybe they need, um, they might have a, or they might be working from home and suddenly where they were able to leave home behind and go to the office and maybe it was their sanctuary there. That's a critical sort of uh, profile as well as people who were maybe transitioning out of corporate into, you know, that, that idea, maybe they, they started a side hustle, but now they want to develop it full time. I see those as two big profiles and growing audiences. And uh, you made an offer to uh, Canada podcast listeners. Do you want to just describe that a little bit? Yes. So I would really love to give some, a group coaching session to listeners listening. I believe we said the first 10 people that uh, share this post and comment, and I'll let Angela finish off on exactly the rules for it. <laughs> but really, I would love to jump on a 30 to 45 minute call with all of with these 10, 10 individuals mm-hmm. to really talk about where you're at in your organizing lifestyle, whether it's your, you don't have to have a business in this sense. But really, we want to talk about some key things to get your life and business decluttered mm-hmm. right away, a few quick tips. And then I'll also be sharing the chapter in my book on decluttering for dummies on your office space, because okay. most of us are working from home. So it'll be an extra, extra tidbit in there. Awesome. And what uh, we're, we're, we talked about maybe trying to do this as either a live session or a, you know, a, a Canada's podcast session pre-Christmas yep. so that we can declutter just prior to 2021. Is that exactly. Goal? It's the perfect time. And Christmas is often overwhelming because we're getting a lot of stuff into our homes. And I don't think this year will be any different. We're just consumers. Right. So we need to, I want to really help you focus on that decluttering mentality in your life and business. So we can start 2021 really fresh. In a podcast the other day, it said something like the worst investment that I made was a 2020 planner, right? <laughs> I mean, but we can start 2021 with, a declutter, which is a, which is actually an intentionally intentional plan going forward. Exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Jane, how can we get a hold of you after today? Yeah. So I, my website is organizedjane.com and then all my social handles, my Instagram organized Jane is more, I'm the biggest community that I'm always cultivating. And I'm in there a few hours a day. My weekly YouTube channels go out on Tuesday and that's at organized Jane. Otherwise, yeah, you can find me on my website and my email is there. Cool. And if you want to take advantage of um, the Canada podcast audience segment, then yeah, subscribe to us, to our newsletter, and we'll try and include Jane's session in there. And uh, yeah, we look forward to seeing you again and engaging with you more. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.